0: Am I Reister or am I wrong? The NFL needs to shorten the season to 12 to 14 games to make sure it finishes. Tyron Liu is the guy that they bring in at your job to replace you, but they pretend like he's a consultant. It is time for everybody in the United States to give up on these Native American mascots for high schools. And college football fans they do not care about the coronavirus until nick saban got it and my college football picks for the weekend am i right or am i wrong is the intersection where sports business society and pop culture meet the absolute truth no bs facts only check your feelings at the door before you even show up this ain't the place for the left, the right snowflakes or social justice warriors because I absolutely keep it 100. If you want to get a hold of me, make sure that you send me an email GWpodcast at unafraidshow.com. Make sure that you tell a friend, subscribe, send it to them, email them, whatever you need to do, send them a text with this information and leave a five star rating and a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, and you can listen to me as well on the Pac 12 Apostles podcast and Fox Sports Radio, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific and 5 to 8 on Sundays. We will start today though with the NFL. They absolutely need to shorten the season to 12 to 14 games to make sure that they finish the season because today we found out the Patriots shut down their facility. The Colts originally were questioning whether they had four positives. They turned out to be false positives and the Patriots, they canceled practice on Friday after they had a positive coronavirus test. And this is, and they're waiting a second test to confirm. So the problem with this is the Patriots and the Broncos who they're scheduled to play have already had their bye week Why does this even matter? Because the the, the NFL schedule is set up with the 16 weeks, then there then the playoff starts immediately the next week. And then there are two weeks be- between uh the last playoff game and the Super Bowl. So you could actually, instead of having 17 weeks, the 16 weeks plus the, the the bye week, uh put in an 18th week. But the Broncos and the Patriots have already had their bye week. So if this game is then postponed, now you're gonna be pushing this game into that week 18. And depending on any other cancellations that you would have, it could actually make it, depending on who those games are against and if they've had their bye week or not, it could make it the way the league cannot get those games in, even in week 18. So then you're looking at the perspective of unbalanced schedules, where one team plays uh, 15 or 14 games, uh, half the teams play 16, something like that. But the owners, aside from financially, would hate it because... Every single game that you play is more likely that somebody is going to get injured. It's a violent game. This is this is football. Once travel is starting to happen, ro- they roster size and the fact that they're not in a bubble, those are the biggest impediments to keeping people healthy and not getting the coronavirus. And I talked about this uh, a couple of episodes ago, but every other league has shortened or modified their season. MLB, the NHL, college football, the NBA, all of them have shortened or modified their season. And the NFL just has been arrogant about it. They've said that we are the NFL. We do what we want to do. And that's why that they are in this situation. They also had the issue with free agents coming in and they could have done the COVID Academy to put a hundred free agents in a bubble that way, like for instance, when Le'Veon Bell he's with the Jets, he goes to Kansas City, he still has to wait five days. So, guess what? Probably not playing this weekend. That's how these things work. So the NFL optimally is going to have to shorten the season because everybody's like, oh, just push back the Super Bowl. Well, pushing back the Super Bowl is not that easy because you have to get an entire city prepared for that. And also, you have to see if your host venue can even host a Super Bowl at that time. Like you, there's um, local and state officials that have to co-sign all of this stuff. It it just doesn't happen in a vacuum and it doesn't happen in a bubble. So, If the game, if the Colts and the, I'm sorry, if the Broncos and the Patriots, if it can't be played on Sunday, the NFL is going to have its toughest scheduling challenge to date. So the optimal thing to do, shorten the season, create yourself much more flexibility for not just this week, but for the future of the season, get all the games in, play your playoffs, keep your Super Bowl on track. And if people get one or two extra bye weeks, so be it. At least you don't screw up your schedule. Um, next thing up, Tyron Lue. He's agreed to a five-year deal to become the next head coach of the LA Clippers, replacing Doc Rivers. This is the exact same thing he did in Cleveland when he replaced David Blatt. After Le- LeBron, them, after he got him pushed out, David Blatt got pushed out, Tyron Lue swooped in. This is the same thing that happens at your job, people. Tyron Lu is the guy that they bring in and they call him a consultant. They're like, oh yeah, we're, we're gonna figure out the problems in our, our, uh, our area, in this department. And they bring in this consultant and he comes in pointing out all the problems, whispering suggestions to get it better, what he would do a little bit differently. Uh, private powwows with the boss, with the boss's ear. But it ultimately is going to get somebody fired. That's who Tyron Liu is. This is the second time he's done it. He's the guy that they bring in to replace you, but they act like he's a consultant there to help you. But ultimately, he's gonna get your ass fired. And that's what Tyron Lou did with Doc Rivers. So when you bring this guy in on your roster, on your staff, in your business, you already know. Maybe it's not you, maybe it's the guy next to you. Somebody is getting the can. They are getting kicked to the curb, buddy. And yes, this is a good move for the Clippers. They're doing everything possible that they can to spice up the rivalry with the Clippers and with the Lakers. David Ballmer is all in, which is a good thing for an owner. But come on, man. This team is broken. You got to break it up. Tyron Lue up against LeBron. Give me LeBron James every time, but watch out for Ty Lue's. Do your job right the first time. Next thing up is it is time for everybody to give up on these Native American mascots for high schools. Talking about everything from, I mean, if you don't know, so the Washington football team, who used to be called the Washington Redskins, they changed their name to the Washington football team. And you would have thought that that was the only one in the country. Right? No, absolutely not. There are multiple teams or there are 45 schools in the country that use that same nickname mascot, whatever it is, 45 and nobody has changed them yet. The, the, Football team has changed them, the professional league, but this is still going on in high schools. And this is a result of people saying that they want to quote unquote, hold on to their history. The idea that we should keep holding on to something that's wrong because that's the all always the way it's been done is stupid. Do you realize that at one point in time that they used to prescribe cigarettes for asthma? Cigarettes cancer-causing carcinogen cigarettes squares for asthma you're gonna put smoke in your lungs to clear asthma yeah but that's the way we always done it no it's idiocy it's a it's a racial slur we all know it come on man like there are you're you're looking at 1232 high schools in the country that still have a Native American mascot Including 45 that absolutely have to be changed. There are 411 that go by Indians and 107 that call themselves Chiefs, Chief fans, Warriors, Red Raiders, Braves, Thunderbirds, all of that. See, I'm not out on changing all of these, but there are two in particular that we just have to get away from. We got to get away from the Redskins and we got to get away from the Indians because it's referring to Native Americans. Who are not Indians? Indians come from India. I mean, geez louise. Oh, it's not that big a deal. That's what they're always called. Well, that's not what they are. Like you, if you wouldn't like to be called anything, but what you are, if you are Italian American, if you are Scandinavian American, if you are African American, whatever the hell you are, if somebody calls you Dutch, you are like, bro, I'm not Dutch. Stop calling me that. It's the same principle. You're not gonna be like, oh, I don't care especially if it's a slur. I mean, come on now, man, here, here here's what I found that was, that's interesting about it because the history of it is the owner, the Washington football team used to be called originally, they were called the Washington Braves. And in 1937, the owner, George Preston Marshall, he's got a great first name, jerk of a guy. Um, They changed the name from the Braves to the Redskins. And he said the change was in honor of William Dietz, who claimed to be part of the Sioux tribe, who was the head coach, which turned out to be a lie. And over the course of all the states, right? So you have a bunch of states. You have eight states who have, um, whose native Americans are only 2% of the population, eight states but you have all of these schools being named after them. All of them. I mean, really think about this. There is, in the state of South Dakota, 11.5% of all the schools have Native American references in their mascot. 104 in Oklahoma. You got a bunch in Georgia. Uh, th- these are the highest. Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and what's that Uh Yeah, those are the highest. Those are the highest. And Native Americans only make up more than 2% of the population in eight states. That's Montana, Arizona, New Mexico, North Dakota, South Dakota, Oklahoma, Arcan- Alaska, and Wyoming. Hmm, that's a different set. So you don't need to get rid of things like the Florida State Seminoles. They're down with the Seminole tribe. The Seminole tribe is cool with it. Seminoles is not a slur it's an actual thing it's just like calling calling themselves the the Santa Clarita Italians if you don't have a problem with that then that's fine too the Chippewas the uh, Comanches all these things things that are not a slur it's just a label that is fine in my opinion but I'm open to hearing something else but that's the way that I see it but if you're gonna call somebody a redskin, you're gonna call them an Indian nah buddy you need to change that And it is time to give up on these Native American mascots for high schools. It is like just this idea that we have to hold on to the to the past when the past was the wrong thing. Like, let that go up in a museum the way we do not forget our history, forget the ugly history. But you do have to acknowledge it and change it. It doesn't change the record books, doesn't change who went there. It just actually just does something better out in the world. Next thing up. College football fans they didn't care. They didn't give a damn about college football games getting canceled, postponed, or people getting sick until Nick Saban got coronavirus. He wasn't going to be able to coach in the Georgia in the Georgia game against Alabama and everybody's looking for every way under The Well, if he has three negative tests by Saturday, he can coach. If he has this and that, and we know in the SEC, people are not above faking tests. I'm not saying that Nick Saban would do it, but people involved in it, they're like, oh, he has to coach. It matters now. This is the biggest game of the season. Yeah, but nobody cared when when Baylor has had three games canceled. Did anybody care when cases are up across the nation and hospitalizations are up? Did anybody care when Dan Mullen said, uh, fill up the swamp, and then they had to cancel their game? Nope, nope. But let Nick Saban get sick. And we got to find all these ways to make sure that he can coach, because it's so important. Mike Norvell, when he couldn't coach at Florida State. Did anybody cry for him? Nope, he just took his medicine and did what he was supposed to do. And I hope that Nick Saban does the exact same thing. But this reminds me of something that my wife helped me with. Because a lot of times we get fooled into thinking that sports is the most important thing in the universe. Even when our universe is, sports is taking up so much space. Like sports takes up a lot of space in my universe. I played, my kids play, you're listening to this podcast about it. I do a radio show about it, all, all it is. So sports takes up a lot of space in my universe. But just because it takes up a lot of space in your universe doesn't mean that it's the most important thing in your universe, like family, character, and not letting what you do define you. Those are the things that matter absolutely the most. And that's not what's happening in college football right now. Should they be playing? I've already said that if there's daily testing and that when kids do test positive, whether they're symptomatic or not, they should have these cardiac workups, all of this, this is where I've said, and of course, social distancing protocols, all that. You have to have your priorities in order. Like this is something that I said that my wife helped me out with. Having your priorities in order because I remember there was a time when My uh, oldest son, if he got in a little bit of trouble, I mean, not in real trouble, just, you know, like the occasional thing that little teenage kids do or whatever. And it'd be like, well, he still got baseball practice. He still got a tournament. He still got this. We don't want him to fall behind. He can't miss. Yeah, but it's priorities. Like character, should come first. School has to come first. And if they have to, Miss a game, miss anything, that is just fine. Because I know that there are teams and coaches that won't sit players down. their best players down because they're like, oh, it'll hurt the team. No, that kid made the decision to hurt the team when he did the thing that got him suspended. That's not the coach's fault. That's just on the kid. And you got to learn to deal with it and take your medicine, be accountable and deal with those lessons. But I will say, I do hope, where I said I hope that Nick Saban does the right thing because he's been an advocate for for wearing masks. He wears it professionally. When Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, is talking about fining people and all that for not doing it on the sideline where you got Jeremy Pruitt wearing his mask halfway up his head like Little Red Riding Hood. You got uh, uh, Lane Kiffin wearing a bandana hat. Like, come on, man, that's not professional. That's why Nick Saban whoops you all the time. I said I hope that he does the right thing, but if he does coach, at least that'll eliminate all the excuses by the SEC teams for them getting in the playoff because they'll say, oh, Nick Nick Saban didn't coach, so Alabama lost, and, and, and they need a do-over in the playoffs. Two SEC teams in. Stop it. Get out of here. Um, now, on to my college football picks for this weekend. First game up, uh, Texas A&M versus Mississippi State. Texas A&M is favored by five points. Mike Leach and his air raid scored two points last week. They scored 14 before the week week before that and a million in week one against LSU. I got Mike Leach in this game for two reasons. First thing is, I know his K, his quarterback, KJ Costello, whoever is going to start this week, was terrible last week. But this is what Mike Leach does. This is his MO at uh, Washington State. He'll win a big game, lose, win. uh, It's a yo-yo. He'll tell you he needs better players, but he left Washington State, which is a lower tier program in the Pac-12 because he thought he needed better players. And obviously they paid him more money too. But then he went to a lower tier program at Mississippi State. Everything is relative. You're still in the bottom third, well, the bottom quarter even of your conference. Just the truth. But Texas A&M is gonna be riding super high off that Florida game. And Florida's favored by five. They're happy they won last week. And this loss will get Jimbo Fisher back on, you know, the uh, the uh, bad list, on the naughty list for the Texas A&M fans. So Mississippi State, I'll take Mississippi State and the points. Uh, next game up, this is going to be a little SEC and ACC heavy because the Big Ten and Pac-12 aren't playing yet. You got Kentucky at Tennessee. Tennessee is favored by six and a half points. Jeremy Pruitt and Garantano, they come back. They bounce back off that um, off that Georgia loss. Problem is Kentucky can't score enough to win this game and, can, and Tennessee will roll probably 14, 16 point victory. It'll be close and then they'll pull away in the end. Uh, next came up. We got, oh, actually, no, that's going to be my upset. I'm not even going to name that one yet. We're going to go with uh, Boston College and Virginia Tech. Boston College at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's favored by, what's that, 13 points? When I saw that line, I was absolutely floored and flabbergasted. I was like, there's no way in hell that Virginia Tech, without a quarterback who can throw the ball, is beating Boston College, who can throw the ball well now, with uh, Phil Phil Johnson, Phil ja- what I don't even know how to say it, say, Jerkovic. Um, they can throw the ball well. This is not your father's Boston College team running punt football. No, they're slinging the ball around. I like Boston College and all 13 of those points because this game's going to be close. Because Virginia Tech, they've played well. But this team doesn't throw. I mean, this team just is not spectacular without a quarterback who's good at throwing the ball. They have Braxton Burmeister and the other kid. They're really good dual threats. But actually, they're not dual threats. They're runners. Um, Next game up is the quote-unquote game of the week. Georgia versus Alabama. We're really going to see what Georgia's defense is really about because Alabama's offense is for real. Georgia's quarterback, Stetson Benson, the fourth. Georgia fans think he's the savior. I'm not sold yet. Alabama's defense has been porous, but still, playing against Georgia is a big deal. They got the hogs up front. If Alabama can stop the run, Georgia's toast, dude. Georgia's toast. Um, Alabama's favored by four and a half points. I like Alabama to win. Give me Alabama. Give me Alabama. Uh, The last game up of the week is my upset city week lock. Dude, this is a lock for an upset. I'm telling you. Uh, North Carolina at Florida State. At Florida State, North Carolina's favored by 13 and a half points. This is, I don't, Florida State's still trash but they do have a little bit of pride. And this is a game that they will win. This is a game that will get the Florida State faithful happy. They will believe in Mike Norvell. It'll be a good showing, and people will be happy. They're like, oh, yes, yeah, there's some hope. This is a sneak game. North Carolina is ranked number five in the country, but they're nowhere near the fifth best team in the country. So, yeah, this will be upset city. Uh, I I actually well I'm taking Florida State and and all 13 and 13 and a half of those points but do not be surprised if they win this game I think this game has the real potential to be an upset and it is my upset of the week am I right or am I wrong catch you guys on Monday make sure you share peace out check you guys later